Welcome. Hi guys, this my name's Andrew. I'm Jake, and we have a podcast at last. Yeah, after about what two years of trying to make it happen, something like that. Uh, we've called it Crossing Swords. Uh, it's a hobby of ours. Yeah, we enjoy doing that. Uh, but I think more than anything, we wanted to start a podcast that basically just gave us an excuse to talk shit a bit more. Really, truth is, we're very full of ourselves. We like to think that we're very intelligent people, sitting in conversation, having fun, and we feel like more people should be involved in that. Yeah, and we want being... you to have to sit and listen to our crap at the same time. Yeah, we feel like you should definitely enjoy listening to us, not just endure it. Impart our wisdom. It, it should were. be fun and educational. <laughs> So yeah, this is Crossing Swords. Um, I mean, as of recording this last night, we had the results from the European elections recently. I mean, we didn't really want to jump straight into politics, but it's a bit... Especially with Brexit, it seemed a bit extreme. But, unfortunately, it is the news, and that's part of what we're going to do. We're going to look back at recent events, as well as do some more in-depth serious stuff. So we're going to look at some real serious issues like uh, mental health, homelessness... Uh, substance abuse, all these things that we actually will delve into and actually allow devote a proper episode to, but generally it'll be about 20-30 minutes of us just talking talking shit from what's just gone Yeah, and sharing experiences what we think and probably piss a few people off along the way undoubtedly, what's the (laughs) point of doing it if you can't? No, exactly, fuck them so let's just dive right in with the elections Yeah. Brexit party seem to do pretty well. Yeah, and people still like Farage, which I don't understand personally. And it's shown that, that people aren't necessarily xenophobic pieces of shit. That they're not just voting for, for UKIP because they believe in their policies, that they were voting for Farage. Yeah, which it's I find equally as disturbing, but not as disturbing as disturbing. <laughs> that they're not even voting for an idea, they're voting for a tosspot, really. Yeah, but I think everyone got really upset over it because the Brexit party seems to do really well, took about a third of the votes. Yeah. But actually, when we actually look at it, it's not as bad as No, it's seen. not done as well as everyone expected. All of the Brexiteers voted Brexit party. Yeah. The Remainers split their votes. Yeah. And that's a little bit of hope. It's about, it's about a third. A third of people want to leave, a third of people want to stay, and a third of people just don't give a fuck. Yeah, well, a brief look at the um, stats show that the Remain parties, including the Liberal Democrats and the Green Party, got 40.4% of the votes. Hard Brexit parties like the Brexit Party got 34.9% of the votes and the Conservatives and Labour got 23.2% of the votes. So, in theory, Remain is still in the lead, just, but it's... it's I think the one thing we can categorically say is this was a massive middle finger to the two main parties. Yeah. I mean, as we've said before, it's frightening how bad politics is at the moment, particularly with people like Theresa May in charge who... Thank God is leaving, but no one who's going to step into her place is going to be any better. No, there's not a single person amongst the contenders <coughs> no. that, that fills me with anything other than dread. No, I mean, you've got Boris, who just... I mean, the less said about him, the better, really. You've got Gove, you've got Dominic Raab, and a host of other completely useless All of whom, by the way have held cabinet positions yeah. and been utterly incompetent in Yeah, them. I mean, Dominic Raab was the Secretary of State for Brexit, but yet had no idea about the actual facts and issues that faced us when it came to Brexit, like the backstop. Yeah, M- Michael Gove has seen education take a complete tumble. Yeah. And Boris Johnson, I don't know how has we he let done him go anything out. good? How we let him go out and represent us on an international stage, I oh, don't know. God knows. 
maybe it was just sort of like sending a cartoon mascot. We didn't think we, <laughs> we do live anything. in a world where one of the most, if not the most powerful country on the planet, is represented by Donald Trump. So. Essentially, an orange in a wig. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose we can't be too judgmental, really. Um, but yeah, we can. I think that's our job. <laughs> well, we can be, but you know, it's what it is. No, it's a boring state. It's a very it boring is. state, and Corbyn is even worse than that. Yeah, I mean, literally, you could have had anyone in charge of Labour other than Corbyn, and you'd probably have a Labour government. You could have actually them. put a wig on an orange, <laughs> and it, it probably would have taken power. Yeah, probably. It's genuinely worse. I mean, I started off liking Corbyn, but to be honest, he's shown he's so inept and incapable. He's just so irritating. He just done. fed up. <laughs> all the time like everything you ask him to do like asking him to do his job is going out of his way yeah it's like do you want to oppose this one he just oh, about gets dressed in the morning if I can, yeah <laughs> so he's obsessed with his little garden patch that's where he wants to be growing marrows well do you know what he's getting older mate he deserves a bit of time with he is getting older <laughs> you know he deserves a bit of quiet time and time at his allotment he's been around a long time and a lot of that time he's been very anti-EU which you wouldn't have thought so problem. in his current stance, <laughs> considering the fact he's trying. He's an anti-EU MP yeah. who's headlining a Remain campaign. Yeah. It's a really hard one to support. Yeah. And the Remain campaign didn't really campaign either, not to get too far back onto Brexit. They no. kind of just thought, well, no one's going to go for it. Well, I think the overarching issue is all MPs have not been honest enough. No MP's willing to stick their neck out on the line and risk losing their seat because if they were really honest, they probably would. Because most people who live in constituencies that are undereducated and that don't keep in touch with politics will just fall for the narrative that's out there from the media and from people like Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson that we're the amazing Britain and, and no matter what happens, the media. we'll be fine. And I, you know, I, whether we do or not, but it's very much my intention to do a full episode on the media. Mm. But the media have have an even worse problem with that, where they don't want to tell you the truth no. or report facts, which is what they're there to do. They want to sell papers. They want to they want to get clicks on their websites, and the way to do that is by writing whatever fear mongering stuff is yeah. driving the people at the moment. And it's it's too easy to blame people from other countries that come to live here for. Being the issue with education and way the NHS, too easy. And way too easy. If you can tell someone that I don't know, Ramona from Spain or I don't know, Pavel from the Middle East is the reason you don't, can't get a job or your child can't get a job or you have to wait five hours to be seen at A and E or you can't get an appointment to see your GP, eventually it starts sinking in. The irony of the the NHS thing as well is that. I don't know about you, but We're I've been to We're propped up by I've, foreign nurses I've and doctors. I've been to two hospitals in the last couple of years, and I haven't seen a single English doctor. No, I mean, my dad was in hospital for several years, and I don't think... I think once he had a white doctor that was English, and that wasn't a problem for me. No, so I didn't mind me. that he wasn't being seen by because white doctors. Because the doctors thought I saw were fantastic, and they did it all yeah. for free. I mean, yeah. they didn't do it for free, they got paid. Well, they get paid, but, but we didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> and it's... Why you would ever think that that's a bad thing? And, and also, no. health is, is a basic human right. Yeah. If we can offer health care to people, regardless of where they're from, yeah. it is our moral obligation to do so. 100%. And it should be the same. We would feel that way if we went to other countries. So why do we not expect the same when people come here? Absolutely. You, do, you, you, you know. don't want to be faced with the decision of 
of having to remortgage your house or live. Well, is that the amount of people that I think more people go bankrupt in America due to having to pay for healthcare than anything else? Yeah, it's it's a horrible thing. You, Getting, getting an ambulance called and having to turn them away because you can't afford it. I haven't got my insurance card. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really sad state of affairs. Yeah. I mean, the first thing Donald Trump did when he took over in America was he started tearing apart Obamacare, didn't he? Yeah, and then it's, like I said, it's a basic human right. And then you've got the media telling you that it's being abused by all these foreigners. Yeah. And it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, the thing, going back to Brexit, I think the point that's on my mind the most is it didn't take much for me to discover how impossible Brexit is. I mean, um, initially I voted to leave and I regret it deeply because um, I read somewhere that it would get rid of David Cameron and George Osborne and somehow in my head I understand that George Osborne's one of the most smackable politicians I've ever seen. Reprehensible through and through. For sure. And I genuinely thought, oh, that's fine. If they're gone, it will start changing. No, it just stays the same because it's the same party. Um, but you find out now that it is impossible to deliver Brexit without pulling apart the UK as a whole because the way Theresa deals Theresa's deal worked was that essentially we would stay in the EU in all but name because of the Irish backstop. But the problem is, with or without a deal, that backstop has to stay in place until we can negotiate something different. The problem is neither... Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland are willing to change the fact that there's no border between them. No, we, because we spent a long time trying to yeah, reach a peaceful resolution. Yeah, because of all the hostilities they've had over the years, it would completely tear them apart to get rid of that, to have a hard border between them again. And especially as it's not something they've chosen to do, it's something we're trying to force on them. So they have to have a free border. Ireland's part of the EU, so it has to have free movement of people's. Northern Ireland will no longer be part of the EU if they leave with us, so that means there has to be a hard border between the two, which goes against a Good Friday Agreement. If we enforce it on them, it will probably end up with Northern Ireland wanting independence, which then leads to Scotland thinking, well, we didn't want to leave the EU, we voted in the majority to stay in the EU, so they're going to want independence, and then poor Wales are stuck with us. (laughs) (laughs) They do get forgotten about Wales. They do. See, for me, Brexit it comes down to there was two main things that when I spoke to people, and I say this as a Remainer, and I don't want to sound like a, a really pushy or arrogant Remainer, absolutely, <laughs> I want to try and remain as impartial as I can and be uh, just look at it from a realistic point of view without being one side or the other. It came down to two things when I was talking to people. One is the obvious thing about border control, but the fact is Brexit never guaranteed stricter borders and equally we didn't need Brexit to tighten our borders that was actually well within our grasp and the, the government had full rights to, to tighten the borders should yeah, they and wish never enforced it. the second one it comes down to is the bureaucracy of it all of the, 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 the EU and the, the European Parliament but I think what these people don't understand well, you know okay that sounds a bit preachy but we live in a world where to have any kind of relationship on such a grand scale requires a lot of bureaucracy. Yeah. It just does. There's no option where we don't get bogged down in some form of, of bureaucracy. And the thing is, it's been irrefutably proven over the last two years if you you only have to really go and look for real information, not just what you read in the Daily Mail or The Sun or a reprehensible no, or any, newspaper. Even, like even, any, even any Remain. Yeah, and article. you will see that 
there is nothing... We get far more out of the EU than we lose. You know, we invest in supporting other smaller nations that have since tripled their contribution to us because of it. it and there's nothing positive to gain from leaving the EU. It's been irrefutably proven. Now, look, if we leave, we leave. We have to deal with it and whatever happens, mm. happens. But the ironic thing will be, if we do leave and say we leave with no deal, we're going to end up having to open our doors even more to encourage people to come here to keep our economy going, to the fact is, if we keep a workforce in this country. And that's the hilarious part, is we'll end up with even a wider open door than we have already. If we, and not to sound too sort of xenophobic against uh, Brits but if we were to kick out all of the all foreign nationals let's say let's get rid of all of them yeah there are so many jobs that a majority of Brits would look at and say that's beneath me I'm not I'm not going to work those you know I'm not going to work those hours for that money and perhaps they're right to think that but the truth is someone has to do it someone has to or the economy does collapse without something too dramatic well, if you got rid of, for example, all workers that have come from the African colonies and things like that, who the hell would run our um, NHS for us? The, I believe the vast majority of nurses in the NHS are African Caribbean yeah. uh, of origin. Yeah. You know, and it's it's ridiculous to think that all of a sudden, if we did have all these jobs available and all these people were gone, that people born in this country would step up would and step fill the, up and the, fill the vacancies. The opportunities was for them to fill those vacancies are there. Yeah. They exist. If you're willing to put in the work yeah. to go, okay, maybe it's medical school or maybe it's just learning a trade or getting out and doing, I don't know, the bins or working in the sewage plants or something, yeah. the opportunities are there for those jobs. But people don't want to do it. But people aren't doing it no. and they're, they're far happier to sit and complain about them being taken away from them. Yeah. But they're not being taken away from them. The opportunities aren't. And I'm not saying that sometimes, yeah, you are denied because you're British and therefore you're expected to work at a, for a higher wage or something. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Of course it does. Yeah. But to a large extent, it doesn't. And it no. certainly doesn't happen to the way that you you believe it if you were to listen to people on the streets or the, or the, the papers. 100%. And it's... It's, it's a... Worrying to think that those people are, are so convinced in themselves that they're going to be fine without a common Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's probably enough of political Bible bashing. Quite. We've episode. made you feel bad enough as it is. Yeah. I mean, we're all fucked. Let's just put it that way. We're all fucked. Yeah. There's no win situation. No. I mean, we might as well just give over to the idea that Farage will be the dictator supreme of this country one day. <laughs> But the kind of dictator that you can have a pint with. 100%. I could have a pint of Guinness with that man. I could have a, I, I'm not sure about Guinness. That's, I don't even like Guinness. A little, he, he made me drink the Guinness. It's so a little too Irish for my liking. <laughs> he won't let the island. He won't no, let but a good, a, good, a, good, a good bottle of, of, of English Carling or Foster's. Oh, what was, or one what of the was Carlsberg. That? One of the really English what, ones. What was the uh, Bombardier? Bombardier. Bit of Bombardier. British and damn reliable. <laughs> that's that's it. I can have a pint of bombardier with Nigel Farage. Yeah, why not? But uh, yeah, quite quite enough politics. Not much else has happened for us no. to discuss. It's we could really talk about football. We talk about football. We could talk about football. Yeah, we're talk both about. Palace fans. We are both Palace fans. Yeah, I mean, uh, there you go. Not much chance of us ever coming to you on the cup final day. No, saying how proud we are. 
No, I mean, the Premier League has been very interesting this season. I feel really sorry for Liverpool. I mean, to finish on what was it? To, to lose only one game and, and to, not to win reach, the reach a, 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 a tally that up until a couple of years ago was the highest tally <laughs> ever and lose is unbelievable. Whether you're, you know, I know a lot of people hate Liverpool. I know, that's... And I think the accusations game. of bottling it is absolutely ridiculous. As they well. lost one game all you season. You don't get to 97 points and you've bottled the title. Right? No. So that's, that's not true. Absolutely not. Um, and the fact is, they lost their game a while ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago. And to be fair, even Man City have lost a game. To the mighty palace. <laughs> yeah. But football, football's gone a bit mad, I think, with the money. Oh, it's ridiculous. And, 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 and the power, I think, no longer lies with managers and clubs no it doesn't it lies with the players yeah if a player wants to leave you've got no choice most of the time if a player wants to to, to walk into the team you've got very little choice other than to yeah to let them well the thing is because in most situations I mean Chelsea's the biggest example over the years is that if a player doesn't like the manager more often than not the club's going to go with the the player especially because they're the asset they've been the reason that Mourinho was was kicked out they were the reason that Conte was kicked out probably Probably the the reason reason that Sarri's going to be kicked out bear in mind at this moment he's probably probably eventually if Frank Lampard gets a job it'll be the reason he goes I mean at the time of recording Sarri is still Chelsea manager and Frank Lampard still hasn't played the championship playoff final as Derby manager but all of that will have changed by the time this goes up very likely but uh, no I think the, the 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 money in football is what's really bothered me over the years. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I, c- I can remember it wasn't that long ago that your club spent twelve million on a player, and you thought, "Fuck, now we better that deliver." He better yeah. deliver for twelve mil. Yeah, no, thirty million is 12, an average. Player. Twelve mil wouldn't even get you a forty-year-old has been. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Yeah, shocking. And players are looking like you know. I'm, I'm a massive fan of of Juan Bissaka. Yeah. He's one of the best things to come to the club in a long time. Yeah. But the idea that Palace want forty million for it's him absurd. is ridiculous. He's had yeah. one season, and admittedly, he's had one full season. It's a great full season, yeah. and he's played fantastic season consistently all the way throughout. But he's not a forty million no, pound player. That's just ridiculous. the problem. Is the clubs are, I believe, mostly at fault for the way the prices have gone. It's when players like Pogba, Neymar. Ronaldo, Bale, when those players go for a hundred plus million, it inflates everything else because a yeah. club of a player half as good as Neymar will go. Well, well I, want, I want half as much as Neymar went for, which isn't how it should work. Neymar is one of the biggest stars of football. I don't actually particularly like him, but if he sells for what was it, hundred and fifty million? I think it was about one hundred eighty. Yeah, it's it's abs- you could buy five fucking football clubs for that sort of money. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, no, it's crazy. You could, you could, I think Newcastle have just been put on sale for three hundred and fifty million pounds. Yeah, so you could, so buy, worth you could buy two, you, yeah, yeah, two Neymars yeah. or a Newcastle. Yeah, and let's be honest, if you You'd buy, buy two if, Neymars, if you buy, <laughs> I was going to say, if you buy Newcastle in the football club, you sort of buy the city. Yeah, They're really a football city. Yeah, so you could buy a city or two yeah. annoying little Brazilian wankers. Yeah. Admit, you know, you but let's face it, he went to PSG for the for the project. He wants to win the Champions League with him. He wants to, yeah, he's there. They have nothing to do with the hundreds of thousands a week. He's there for the football. That's something that really bothers me with players. Though, and then like, I've come here for the project. No, you haven't. Yeah. You know, a player coming to Man City now, I would believe them if they said, "I've come here for what's going on at the club as well as because they're they're, they're but like when Aguero joined and 
Rabinho joined when uh, the money first came in. Yeah, he's like, oh, right. I came here because I believe in the project. No, you didn't. No, and, and when you they came come in because they, they were offering you two on the club. They talk about City, such a great club. It's like they're playing in League Two a couple of years ago. Yeah. You didn't know anything about them. Exactly. What are you talking about? And this isn't about You tell me who Sean Goater is. I don't believe you. I don't even know who Sean Goater is. No, but that's not even bashing City because clubs forever have been buying the league. And yeah. But any time you buy a top scorer in the Premier League you've, and you've won the league, you've bought the Premier League, in my opinion. When Sir Alex Ferguson, his last season in charge of United, when he won the league, he bought Van Persie and that was the what won it for him. So yeah. Chelsea like, did it with Mourinho the first time yeah, around. you buy uh, the league every Blackburn time. did it when they won it. Yeah, exactly. With, with Shearer and Sutton. Yeah. I think the only ones who haven't bought the league is Leicester. Absolutely, Leicester. Yeah, but that they're, was they're, uh, they're three star players. I think cost about four million altogether. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at an anomaly, if you for look sure. at, yeah, if you look back at that season, though, all the top teams were horrific. No, if I remember correctly, wasn't it? Was it Guardiola's first season at Man City? Uh, no, I don't even think he. Oh, it might have been. I think it's it was a while ago. Everything changes in football. Yeah, but no, it's mad. It is mad. Uh, but there you go, football covered. Yeah, for football now. Covered for I'd now. like. I think I'd very much like to do a uh, right. a season look ahead. Yeah, before 100%. the start of the season. But uh, we'll have to wait and see who buys who, who sells who, which clubs collapse. Yeah. Which clubs do well? Which mm. Arab shakes buy? Yeah. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of shakes about with money. For yeah, there's a lot of shakes. And there's I, a lot of shakes. I've not met one that's English football brings all the shakes to the yard. <laughs> Yeah, I've not yet met one who's interested in marrying me. <laughs> not one. I'd turn gay for a shake. Do you know what I mean? I'd, for that, for that money. For that money. For, a for nice, the lifestyle. For a gold Lamborghini. Yeah, and I'm sure happened. he'd be fine with me being straight behind closed doors. You know, he'd be like, "What? Do whatever it suits you." Yeah, just okay. don't humiliate me in public. You know. No, I get that. I, I, no kissing right. women in public. No holding hands. <laughs> well, no, I don't want to get locked in prison. <laughs> 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 That's a whole dangerous subject. That yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones. Let's talk Game of Thrones. Is that going to be about as divisive as Brexit, though? Isn't it? Uh, probably. I can talk about the last. No spoilers. This is a spoiler-free. No, fuck that. no this I... is my spoiler-free review. All oh, right. Season eight felt incredibly rushed. Yeah. It felt like they didn't linger on the big enough moments long enough. No. They didn't dedicate enough time to them and they, they 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 built up a lot of plot holes and they've done this throughout the show where they build up seeds for things, they plant yeah. seeds for things and then completely and the ignore them. Was so quick or oh, there was no payoff. But there was no payoff in yeah. this season where they continued to really this is the main narrative, this is the thing and then didn't Nothing. pay off, off at all. No. And it's a shame because season one to seven didn't suffer from that. No, seven, I would say a little bit. Yeah, perhaps a touch. Um, I mean, especially if you look back over the earlier seasons, the filler, not necessarily filler, but the build-up to things we had to watch Mm. that really were insignificant to then miss out on key moments later on. Yeah, absolutely. You do feel a little bit robbed. But I think, in general, um, if I was to look at seasons one to eight, I can't complain. You know, it's probably been one of the best TV shows it's ever been. The cinematography, the acting, the production value—it's—it's it's changed how TV is done. I mean, you now hear that Amazon are going to do a Lord of the Rings TV show that they're spending one billion on. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and that's because of Game of Thrones. If Game of Thrones hadn't come around, that wouldn't have happened. No, absolutely, it's changed the way television is done. It's—it's yeah. it's moved 
uh, audiences from cinema to TV. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, it's shown that TV is capable of the scope of film. Absolutely, and you can dedicate 10 hours to something rather, rather than, than just an hour and two hours. Because hours, yeah. Hours, yeah. let's face it, no one really likes going to the cinema and sitting in there for four, four and a half hours. No. You do it, I mean, for like Endgame, for example, you sat in there for what, three, three and a half hours? Didn't feel like it though. No, but you didn't, but you had 12 years of build up, so you were yeah. like invested in that. So yeah. you were like, fine, I'll sit and watch it for three hours or whatever. Um, I will say this though to anyone listening if you've just started Game of Thrones and you, you're planning your theories in your head and as seasons come you'll change it a little bit and you'll swap it a little bit throw them all away because Dan matter. and Dave uh, Benioff and Wise the writers oh, have decided basically they don't want anyone to have guessed their show despite the fact that they laid the seeds for you to guess it they've yeah. decided they've dropped some seeds they've turned around to see you picking them up they're not happy with that and they've done a complete yeah Basically they, basically they came out in and the said they finale. were upset that the fans had figured out too much about what was going to happen so they thought instead of paying it off and rewarding the fans for their loyalty and their willingness to pick up what was happening they thought no do you know what we're going to make a U-turn here and do something else um, I mean the show's still enjoyable and there's some amazing moments and I would 100% recommend people to watch it um, just because I want more people's reactions to it but I mean, my reaction to it wasn't as angry as the end of How I Met Your Mother, for example, but... Yeah, yeah, felt like a bit of a con. Yeah. Did feel like a bit of a con. Yeah. But at least what I would say is the writers to How I Met Your Mother knew that's where it was going from day one, and they stuck to it. And they ended it. I mean, they didn't just cut to black. No. Soprano style. No. I like that ending, and I'm a big fan of Sopranos. I I love the Sopranos. Sopranos. Love it. It's essentially like soap opera for mendy men. Oh, right. But it's great. Nice. Lots of killing. <laughs> I love that. Lots of deception. Yeah. Any sex? Lots of sex. Brilliant. None with wives. Whoa. That kind of show. <laughs> that kind of show. Dirty stuff. But uh, I think that's probably enough covered. For, for today? First, yeah, for our first pod. first pod. Right, well, guys, thank you if you have made it through this oh, far God, into yeah. it, which I hope you have. If, if you, you have, have I email us, and I will come round to your house and high-five you. Yeah. Or hug you. We, we are selling high-fives and hugs for views. And oh, lessons. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to be honest, today was a bit of a struggle. We trialled um, the tech we had for the podcast, and it's been a bit rough. It's been horrendous. Um, it's been difficult. Uh, we're it's made me feel like an 80-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to keep working on it. Um, so bear with us while the production quality improves. And the content quality. And the content quality. Speaking uh, of, if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss or cover, yeah. or you have any input to things that we're going to discuss yeah. or cover, please do tweet us. Yeah. At Swords Crossing. At Swords Crossing. Uh, just let us know what's and going on. And look for our Facebook page, Crossing Swords. And, and let us know, because yeah. it's, it's a big part of, of what we're aiming to do here, is to, to be interactive and not just yeah. tell you what we want to talk about, but yeah. talk about what you want to talk about. Yeah, we want it to it be fan-led discussion. And we want fans. Yeah, we and need we want to get those the fans, fans first. So we want those fans leading the The sooner you become a fan, the better the quality gets. Absolutely, invest now. And we yeah. will not do a Dan and Dave. We will reward you yeah. for your end. loyalty. We will not fob you off. No. And, and I mean, we might fob you off a little bit, but we'll try and pay off as much as territory. Yeah. We're horrible people. We like fobbing people. It's good fun. Yeah. It's good fun. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. See you soon. Tune in.
and uh, watch this space. <laughs>